You are listening to The Women of Kona, a feisty media production. We would like to thank our partners, Try Hard, That's It, Kerr Sports, USAT, and the Outspoken Summit. And we're live. Yay. Aloha. Welcome to the first episode of The Women of Kona 2022. We're calling this episode from Thursday, no, from 5Q to Thursday. So first to start off, I want to, I'm Sarah Gross, by the way, and I want to thank our sponsors, Kerr Sports, That's It, Try Hard, USAT, and the Outspoken Summit. And so today, my lovely co-host is Jordan Blanco. Jordan, thank welcome you for to the having show. me. I'm very yeah. excited. Um, Jordan is Jordan has raced Kona eight times, mm-hmm. um, and she is. I just said this on our Instagram live. The woman who knows the most about triathlon out of everyone I know. There are probably people who rival me, but yeah, I, I feel like I've got. I, I joked um, with the company I work for. They were asking me for a work title the other day, and I suggested CTO. <laughs> and he looked at me quizzically because I'm clearly not a like technologist. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, chief triathlon officer. So yeah, I, I gave myself that title. I think that would be appropriate. <laughs> like, I think I feel like you could give anyone a run for their money on triathlon trivia. Yeah. 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 So if I'll I say that. something, if I say something wrong on the show or oh, if, like I'll like facts. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like let me know. <laughs> and you've been doing triathlon for 21 years. Is uh-huh. that right? I did my first while I was at Stanford University. Uh-huh. Um, thinking I was checking the box, like done, one Oh, like one, one and, and done. done. Absolutely. And yeah, I got caught the bug. And my next race, I got so much faster in the, I think that level of competition and, and, mm-hmm. and athleticism. Yeah, it just And you started just to podium in your age group and then you That's qualified a, for a Kona kind of thing. But yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a bit more, actually more for me, what, what helped wasn't just not the com- competition and self-improvement, but it was the community I found. Yeah. I, I was new to, I, graduated from Stanford, moved to San Francisco and found a community of, oh. of guys and girls who wanted to get into triathlon too. And so mm-hmm. joining SF Tri Club. So those clubs around the country are, are really important to like connect like-minded people, making friends mm. and, and building that training group and community. Mm-hmm. And that was critical. It is so much about the people. I think that's yeah. probably true for so many people's experience coming into the sport and th- and that's still the, the case today right I mean mm-hmm. I'm not racing in Kona this year but I wouldn't miss it because I haven't seen my friends my people in three years right. like, people have been yeah uh, locked down so I'm like totally three years of pent-up like triathlon yeah camaraderie to like to, to rediscover yeah so this is like the we're way off the run list already but like <laughs> have you Sorry. been I've been finding this no that's totally great <laughs> I've been finding this the last few days just what you said like actually seeing people that I haven't seen for three or four. We're in Kona, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> you, you can probably tell by the backdrop. Yeah. Um, and I like seeing people around town and realizing I haven't seen them for three or four years. And even some people like like change, people change physically in that yeah. time, right? I'm like, I recognize you and I know you and I haven't seen you for three years. We've only seen each other on uh, Zoom or whatever. Yeah. So have you found that too? Uh, well, I haven't headed into town just what? yet, but uh, yeah. <laughs> You've been hiding? <laughs> hiding this week. Well, playing playing family. I'm staying with um, okay. Beth and Luke McKenzie. So, okay. Uh, pool parties um, with the family. Though, actually, that does remind me. We did have a bit of a pool party yesterday, and uh, three-time world champion, Marinda Carfrey, came by. Oh, nice. With a bottle of rosé. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that sets the theme for how we're treating this this year's Ironman. She's she's not participating, but um, she's here to support her husband. But, oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's uh, that was a fun afternoon. Amazing. Yeah, we had we drank a bottle of rosé when we were recording the if we were writing podcast 
on Wednesday. Maybe rosé. I don't normally drink rosé. That's like the theme of the trip, maybe. Yeah, well, afternoons, it's refreshing, not too heavy on alcohol. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a <laughs> I should have had the benefits of rosé on the run list. If you, <laughs> if anyone's wondering why I look to the side, it's because our run list is there in my memory. I need it. Um, okay, so coming up on the show, uh, we went down to the pier this morning and we got some great, we got some great clips. Uh, we talked to... Um, we talked to a couple age groupers about what they think about the new women's race on Thursday format. Uh, we talked to Chelsea Sidaro. We found the first woman who has qualified from India for, for the race. And then later in the show, Alyssa Godeski and I reminisce about uh, the 50 Women Tacona campaign. That is coming up after this. Whether you're training hard or working hard, That's It bars are the perfect on-the-go snack. They are made 100% from real fruit. Plus, they are totally delicious and have been powering our Kona trip so far. It's always tricky to plan your nutrition when you're traveling, so having something simple and delicious to snack on has been a total game changer. That's It has a bunch of other on-the-go snacks as well, with all items containing six ingredients or less. And the best part, That's It is giving our listeners a special discount on all their products. Just head over to that'sitfruit.com and use the code KONA25 for 25% off your order. That's 25% off your whole order at that'sitfruit.com with the code KONA25. We've all been there. Two hours into a long ride, nowhere near finished, but totally uncomfortable. Shifting back and forth and standing out of the saddle in an effort to ease the pain down there. But bike shorts and tri shorts should be comfortable. And that's why we are thrilled to have Core Sports as one of our sponsors. Core Tri Shorts have a revolutionary seam-free chamois, which means no raised surfaces for chafing. And every stitch of Core's tri suits, cycling kits, swimsuits, and run clothing is designed with you, the woman endurance athlete, in mind. Yes, you can have it all. Speed and style, performance and comfort, function and fashion. Use the code KONAHOT10 for $10 off at coresports.com. That's Kona Hot 10 for $10 off at coresports.com. Okay. So, so Jordan, you said you haven't been into town yet. No. This morning we headed to the pier uh-huh. and I, we've been, we were there a couple days ago, but I was actually shocked how busy it is for Friday, you know, six days out from six days out. Now it's like, how many days out are we from the race? Six and eight days out for the, cause usually in other years it hasn't got truly busy until the weekend. Yeah. I would typically be arriving. I mean, some years I came a little earlier than that, but that arriving that Friday, um, it was kind of like, okay, if I'm going to take the week for to race in Hawaii, I could maybe add on the, the Friday fly out Friday. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the Ohala swim used to be on Saturday. So I get in do that. And yeah, so everything's just been with the two races, everything's been brought forward. Brought forward, yeah. yeah. So it was it was pretty chaotic down at the pier, but we did manage to find, just by complete coincidence, the first woman from India who has ever qualified. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from her. Nina, it's your first time racing here. Absolutely, first time in the Kona. Wow, yeah. are you excited? Absolutely, so much, so much excited. Little nervous also because of the heat and all, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from India. Yeah, and where did you qualify? I qualified in Astana. That was 14th of August this year only. Yeah. Oh, just recently. Oh, did you expect to be here? Not, not really. <laughs> See, I would say I'm the first Indian from uh, from my country, first woman to qualify for the Kona. 
Congratulations for the India. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. What do your friends and family at home think about that? Everybody is so much. Rather, the country is excited for me actually. The whole country. Yeah. yeah. Yay, India! Yeah. Hi, Hi, India. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And so this year, the women, for the first time, the Ironmans made the move to have a, to move towards, we should say, a women's only day on Thursday. What do you think about that? Do you think that's good to have women on one day and men on another day? That'll be definitely amazing. So I'll be really, really more than thrilled to go for it. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Only women is yeah, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, thank you, and and Mina, congratulations again on qualifying, and I hope you have a great race. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm so excited for her. Yeah, that's a really cool story. Um, I don't know if you remember. You're not, you're Canadian, and I'm British, so we're very familiar with the Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games, yes. So. <laughs> People often go back to the Commonwealth Games and like, well, who won triathlon in 2018, 2014, 2010? Uh-huh. And everyone's scratching their heads. We were having this conversation the other week. Uh-huh. And no one won triathlon at the 2010 Commonwealth Games because it was in India. And India chose not to include triathlon in their range of sports. So oh. it's interesting to me now, like 12 years later, uh-huh. we, we have triathletes coming out of India. And I'm sure she's not the only one competing. She may be the first to have made it to Kona, but it's a really cool story that um, that sport is clearly growing in India. Um, yeah, that's so. And I thought it was interesting. She said she. What was the name of the place she qualified? Astana. Astana is and that's the capital Ka- city of Kazakhstan. Okay, so a former um, Soviet republic. Right, and there's an Ironman there, right? There's an Ironman and a seventy point three. I want to say Sarah Campiano raced maybe one of the 70.3s there a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. So I think, and I remember, you know, when um, Ironman was kind of launching a lot of races in, in Asia, mm-hmm. kind of one of the intentions was to get more, to have more like sort of global diversity of folks like actually coming to the world championships. So it's fun to like, that's like a knock on effect yeah, of that, right? Like there's a race near her home in India, yeah. relatively near her home in India. <laughs> Probably a few thousand miles yeah, yeah, north. It's, yeah, it's kind of close. In relative terms. <laughs> yeah. And um, she's able to go and race and now she's here. Yeah. Like, and it sounds like a really quick turnaround for her. So uh, yeah, I'm going to add her to my tracking list. I'm excited to see how she does. That'll be fun to, to cheer her on on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the other things I want to do is get is, is get an age group sort of take on like on what folks think about the race because the, the race being on Thursday, mm-hmm. right? So Ironman for context and Jordan, you can give the complete context, I'm sure. <laughs> but like, like we we moved the all of the women who used to race on Saturday are now racing on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of men's age groups just thrown into the Thursday the race and the olden, I think. <laughs> yeah, the young. There's some random age groups, but the idea is that bigger picture. There's the, the intention is to have a women's only day on mm-hmm. Thursday and and the men on Saturday. Yeah, I think for 2023, they've already announced it will be exclusively women. Mm-hmm. on that Thursday race. Again, Thursday, I'm, I'm surprised they wouldn't want to change it up um, and swap days. But um, yeah, this year it is still a mix of those um, three or four men's age groups plus all the women. But the good thing is the women will get to go first. So I think the, the mm. men's age groups, um, which, well, I guess it's good. I'd like to be out in front ahead of the men. Um, but I guess if you are a slower athlete, you could have those fast 25, 29 year old guys come blasting. Potentially. It's going to be interesting to see. I definitely wanted to hear from an age grouper. So let's yeah. hear from Alicia Allen, who we chatted with on the pier this morning. Tell us, what do you think about the Thursday women's only race that they're headed towards? Do you think that's a good thing for the women? 
Overall, yes. Some mixed feelings, but it's good to have a race that's dedicated to it so that, like, with the broadcast, the way they do them now, it the men's race finishes, and then it doesn't fully cover the women's finishes because they're interspersing with post-race interviews and the yeah. champion stuff. So now that's there's going to be no cutting back and forth. You follow the women's race almost completely throughout. Love that. So, like, essentially having the media focused only on women is a real advantage. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What you said, mixed feelings. What, what's the, uh, where's the mix coming in? Uh, depending on how it gets uh, valued, like having Saturday as the original day. Right. Um, I don't know, with coverage being on a Thursday for anyone who's not here and watching, like that's a business day for most people. So um, sort of the biases and the values people place on having on Saturday. I've heard one male racer is like, oh, I get to race on Saturday. That's the implying that's the more important day yeah like that's the real race right yeah somehow um and then not really right (laughs) but then also men like oh i'm racing on thursday like this year because they do have some male age groups um so just with the language how people are putting values on different things um so we'll see how it turns out but overall it's a good thing we get more women on the start line more opportunities great points thank you Okay, we're back in. Okay, that was great to hear from Alicia. I love some of the points that she brought out about uh, media and about uh, what else did she point out there? Oh, about whether the or language not language like, that people are using. The too, language. Really. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. We also uh, found, we actually hunted down Chelsea Sodaro, who <laughs> Ellen spotted and she said, I think I saw Chelsea. Like, I want Chelsea. <laughs> did you guys tackle her? <laughs> oh, more or less. Yeah. She was like shower, showering in the outdoors door shower after yeah. her swim yeah and we I basically what I was like I'd really love your take on this would you do this with us so uh we have a clip with Chelsea she's well. smart and has opinions so I loved exactly that about Chelsea, so. exactly So great to see you. I really want to ask you, what do you think about this move by Ironman towards a women's only day here in Kona on Thursday? You know I have mixed feelings about it I love that the pro women are really going to be featured. I think that, you know, we'll have lots of space. We won't have um, to be moving any through, like, through any potential stragglers. Um, And hopefully there will be a ton of media attention on the women's races. You know, I did Ironman Hamburg earlier this year, and it was a women's only pro field. And all of the motos were, you know, following us. All of the media attention was on us. So they got to really um, show the development of the whole race and not just focus on the leader. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, on, On the flip side, I think that, you know, Saturday is the day that the world is gonna be tuning into, likely. I don't know how many people like are really going to be sitting around on a random Thursday, like right. watching an entire Ironman race play out. So potentially in the future, maybe we could have the women on Saturday and the men on Thursday. But I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this develops over the next few years. Yeah. And is it I, I think this is the first year that the women have the pro women have equal slots to the men. Do you feel like the field is at all deeper or do you what are the advantages of that, do you think? You know, I'm all about equity. I think that we still have a, a long way to go um, to get to a place where, uh, yeah, we have equality across the women's and men's field. But I think having, you know, equal slots is a start. We need to, like, create those opportunities in order to get to a point where things are, like, truly equal. Right. Okay. Okay. I want. Can I unpack that for a minute? What would be, like, what would be missing in your in your opinion? 
as we move to if we are trying to move towards complete equality or equity uh, that's a that's like a tough question i think if we you know we just like look at the numbers across the sport and and see how many even amateur women are participating in triathlon what is it like 25 percent of the field is is women usually is that right yeah it's usually about here it's been about 27 28 percent in past years Sure. So that's, you know, that's not awesome. And we look at major marathons and we see that oftentimes there's more women competing than there are men competing. Um, so I think, like I said, I think like having equal pro women and equal pro men that like starts to set a precedent that, you know, we care about investing in the women's field just as much as we care about investing in the men's field. And hopefully that will create a, a trickle down, but you know, like, it's all about access. It's all about opportunity and, um, yeah, we, we've got some work to do on that. Yeah, I love that. What I hear you saying is kind of like the developmental thing that happens below. So it's kind of like build it and they will come, as in give equal opportunity, but then also like development programs for women or programs that get more women into the sport, that kind of thing. Is that I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, absolutely. But but I also think that it's really important to like be promoting the women's side of the sport thank you so much for what you do um so that we can like show what's possible and show that this is an accessible sport i think it's not that women don't want to be competing in triathlon is they don't know that they could they don't know that they can right and so we need to like be promoting the women's side of the sport so that it's visible yeah iron man is daunting 100 percent. yeah it's daunting for me yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Okay, well, Chelsea, thank you so much for just, we just like, we just grabbed Chelsea after her swim and, <laughs> and pulled her in. So we appreciate you so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks for all you guys do for us. We really, we feel it. Thank you. And thanks for your voice as well. Okay, so Jordan, we heard a lot there, like between Alicia and Chelsea about their thoughts on the Thursday race. What do you think? Um, yeah. <sighs> It's going to be interesting. Um, I, I'm really excited that the women get their own space, especially on the professional race side. They're mm -hmm. going to be up front. No one else is going to be. Um, hopefully there's enough media motos to cover the entire race, as, as Chelsea alluded to. Hopefully not interfering in that race either. Yeah. Um, but have space um, yeah. to actually execute the tactics, execute the race, and, and compete against one another without any interference. So that's super exciting. Um, <laughs> I, I think while it is on a Thursday, there's potential of a lot of people like sitting at home at their office. Yeah, and actually have a, the, the iPad on the side, fully watching the race. It may actually get be more people watching. Yeah, because other people on Saturday, it's like, oh, that's a long bike ride day, so they totally. may not be around. Oh, people so. are with their kids yeah. or like Family getting their from, yeah. stuff done, you yeah, know, on yeah. Saturday. But Thursday, yeah, you're right. Especially folks who work from home too. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get more eyes in the women's race. Yeah, I, I, if I were back home, I'd be working on my laptop. The iPad would be like very mm -hmm. firmly on the, on the way. So, yeah, yeah, we get lots of people tuning in. Yeah, and then I think, you know, to this point about the Thursday versus the Saturday or the Saturday, what Alicia said about the language, you know, like you, that you mentioned earlier or about how we talk about it. Like, I really think it's it's kind of like in the hands of Iron Man and the media to lead on how we're talking about the two races and where we're placing the importance of those things. Right. Yeah. I would love to see it flipped back and forth. Like Chelsea suggested. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that also brings up another point that um, perhaps Chelsea didn't touch on, but, but she alluded to in, in terms of that encouraging more participation and access and opportunity is 
women sport in general doesn't get a lot of media coverage we're still in the single digits percent wise which mm-hmm. is astounding yeah um and so again hopefully um by getting this the single focus on on women's day in triathlon and kona we can also get those stories out the media can pick up on this like wow two days in in hawaii they're not just focused on headline man wins below the fold woman wins right yeah yeah exactly and i think you know it's there's still some i think it's safe to say that there's a a lot of logistical things that need to be ironed out and that can in terms of having a two-day race and whether that is sustainable in kona i know that's what kind of everyone's talking about and i think we'll talk about that in future episodes as well um but it's like do you think that you know, do you think that Kona will continue to have to be able to maintain, or what do you what do you think about that? Do you think we can have two days of racing in Kona? Um, like the headlines you're seeing coming out, uh, and and even the not pushback necessarily from the community, but asking in advance for respect mm-hmm. and be obviously Ironman is is cognizant that we really are taking over this community. Like you said, the peer was already busy more than a week, mm-hmm. or a week in advance, so. Mm-hmm remembering and respecting that we are um taking over an incredibly small community mm-hmm. we're gonna have to see what happens i mean while they've committed to this year and next year it may be too much for this tiny island community yeah um and it may not be affordable for all the athletes that want to come here anyway at the end mm-hmm. of the day we want it to be an accessible event not a an elitist event yeah i mean maybe elitist from a performance perspective but not for me access and economic perspective right that totally makes sense yeah i think it's going this is a very very interesting transitional year um and i'm really glad that we're here to kind of see it to see what happens and see that first women's race um okay so we're going to take a little break and then after the break uh Alyssa gadeski and i reminisce about 50 women i used to think that winning an ironman triathlon would be the hardest thing i've ever done but after starting feisty media i realized that starting, growing, and running a business is in fact the hardest thing I've ever done. There are so many decisions to be made, and by that I mean so many things to wake up in the middle of the night worried about. Like, how do I actually make money? How do I manage my business finances? How do I build an audience? How do I grow my team? How do I manage that team? Who do I ask for business advice? And then on top of that, I need to keep learning myself and build my own skills as an entrepreneur, as well as surround myself with other like-minded entrepreneurs that I vibe with. It's been an extremely rewarding journey for me so far, but it's also been extremely challenging. So if you can relate to some or all of what I'm saying, I invite you to join us in Tempe, Arizona this fall for the new and improved Outspoken Summit. Let's take a minute to talk about hair. If you do triathlon, you've probably asked yourself questions like, what's the best way to wear my hair during a race? How can I keep my hair healthy and hydrated? And how can I avoid my hair ending up in a giant knot? Enter TryHard. TryHard has pre and post swim solutions designed to reduce the absorption of pool and ocean chemicals into your hair. We love using TryHard's pre and post swim conditioner before and after every swim to keep our hair feeling great. TryHard also has a bunch of other products useful for triathletes like their after-swim body wash and recovery bath salts, which have been a hit with the feisties. Take care of your hair and skin with TryHard. Use the code FEISTYKONA for 20% off at tryhard.co. That's FEISTYKONA for 20% off at tryhard.co. 
Okay, here we are. Um, thanks for bearing with us for the breaks. Uh, so Jordan, uh, we're, I'm about to talk to you. I did a little clip earlier before I left for Kona mm -hmm. um, with Alyssa Gadeski, who we need a little backstory here with the 50 women to Kona push. So like in 2015, mm -hmm. right? We, I think what first happened is there was a, just briefly, there was a meeting in Boulder where Rachel Joyce asked if we could have equal slots for the female pros yeah, because right. they were 50 and 35 for the extra slots. And then we wrote, I think we wrote to Iron Man and we just asked them. Um, well, I think it all started with Alyssa actually creating that Twitter, the account. Twitter handle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then things escalated from that. Um, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember exact order of things, but we've definitely reached out to Iron Man and, and started having conversations. I actually, I think it was 2015 that I met Andrew Messick at the Aloha reception here at Ironman. Um, so that's a, an event they do for sponsors and partners each year and connected with him and invited myself to meet with him in his office in Tampa a few weeks later <laughs> nice. uh, to talk about it. Um, so he, they've always been open to the discussion, but I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to hear from Alyssa. Um, because we actually pushed them a lot, but didn't get very far back in 2015. Exactly, exactly. So let's hear from Alyssa, and then Jordan and I will discuss. Alyssa, how are you? Hey, Sarah, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're so excited about our, uh, what are we calling it? The Women of Kona podcast series, which is actually going to be the listeners will recognize your voice, of course, because we're on the Iron Women feed. Um, but I wanted to ask you first, because I wanted to, like, I love, we have a lot of stories from that time, I think, that, that we could tell from 2015 uh, when we asked for the equal slots. But um, I remember a story about you sitting and kind of realizing about the inequity and starting the Twitter handle. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So I was, I was a rookie pro, basically. I guess it was my second pro year in 2015. And I was living in Breckenridge for the summer and I had like no friends there. So I was literally just training and eating and sleeping. Um, but your loneliness and... is basically responsible. Yes. For... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so I had a lot of time on my hands, which was well spent as a rookie pro to be like, you know, thinking about my path forward in the sport and kind of my progression. How is this going to look over the next five years, 10 years, all of that good stuff. And I you know, the, the obvious thing, I think people look at whether they're amateur or a pro is like, how can I go to Kona? Right. How can I race there? Mm -hmm. And I realized very quickly that, you know, just looking at the numbers, it wasn't equal. And I kind of had to be like, wait a second, this is real. Like, I mean, it's, it was 35 to 50. Right. And like, I mean, it was a big difference. It wasn't, yeah. you know, and it was very publicly put out there, which, for a sport that I knew had kind of touted itself as in one that kind of championed equality, mm -hmm. it seemed like a pretty glaring, I was hopeful it was maybe an oversight, you know, <laughs> to that commitment. Like right? somebody made a typo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like maybe they, they just haven't had someone think about this, like, you know, fully yeah. yet. Right. So I, and so, and then, you know, I was looking at the women ahead of me who I was racing against, were they going to Kona? Right. Like how are these women making a living and kind of getting there and doing it? And it, there was a gap, right? There was a clear and obvious gap and effect of the fact that there weren't 50 women in Kona. And that seemed like you could trace this kind of 
career roadblock for women. And so I was like, okay, this clearly is an oversight. It was, you know, again, 2015 when more people were on Twitter and um, social media campaigns were kind of, they still are a big thing, but like they were really a big thing, especially in the world of triathlon. I feel like there was kind of a handful of things in the mix at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I was, again, I was sitting there, I was done my training for the day and I was like, let's roll with it. What can I do for the Twitter handle? You know, and at 50 women to Kona was born with that. And I think I had maybe just like one tweet and it was, it was kind of fun to see it like snowball and take off. But again, my whole thought and intention at that moment was like, this is hopefully an oversight. This will be a very quick public outcry and we'll get changed, you know, for this year. Like I thought for sure it would be changed in an I instant. love your, your positive thinking on that. Yeah. A lot has changed since then though. <laughs> no. Not that I'm going around starting Twitter handles for massive, you know, social media campaigns, but I realized how slow, um, how, how probably, you know, I was seeing the world through some rose colored glasses at that point. Yeah, totally. And so I, I, you know, fast forward seven years, right. And we, like, we, we went through quite a lot in those years between, you know, emails, just asking for the slots, uh, the social media campaigns, like you said, you know, I remember dealing with a lot of press, like even outside of triathlon, but still it was kind of a hard no. And now this year they're rolling out like 2022, seven years later, they're rolling out a women's only day, which isn't really a women's only day this year, but apparently probably will be next year. <laughs> um, see, my bias is coming through. I <laughs> um, and then, and then also equal slots and that that's something that is happening next year. Now there's equal slots. Well, there's equal slots for the pros this year and then equal slots for the age groupers next year. So what are your thoughts kind of on this move by Ironman seven years later? Um, you know, I'm happy it's done finally. Right. I think I mean, kind of, like you said, it's done kind of right with a big old asterisk all over it. Um, and that is a win. And we take that and we, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm just kind of saying thank you and moving forward. Right. But I have a hard time patting anyone on the back about it. I have a hard time kind of like cheering from the rooftops about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of mixed feelings about like, should I just be swallowing my pride and doing that? Right. Because it is a win. Um, but after seven years of just the blatant resistance that we faced as someone whose career was like, you know, those were like my glory days and to be racing Ironman and to have it had, you know, been told to us so many times, basically in ways that made us feel like we didn't deserve those spots. It's, it's really hard to celebrate now, even though I do, I am happy it happened. Right. And so it's good that finally they realized that for their bottom line, right. Um, you know, it's a good thing to happen. And unfortunately it took that to kind of align and make it happen, but you know, we're here. So, so that is a win. Yeah, totally. I, I hadn't really thought about that. Cause I didn't really, I know at the time we probably both got the feedback that like we were just doing it for ourselves so that it was easier to qualify or whatever. Right. Exactly. And that was like not part of my, really wasn't part of my agenda at all. You know, it was like, actually, I want to have equality for the women that was so forefront, but like actually looking back and I'm saying this, like, because I think it, it just helps clarify the issue. Like that did actually affect my career. Mm-hmm. As a pro totally. Like, I was, and I feel I, the, exactly the same. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we talk a lot about the cost of Kona and going to Kona now. Right. But like the cost of Kona has always been really high. Right. You know, even mm-hmm. if I was the 50th woman in 2016, you know, I don't know if it would have made sense for me to be going and that sort of thing, but it, 
it's just it does feel like there are many of us who were slighted right opportunities mm-hmm. because of that and like yeah. you know and who knows how people's careers could have changed if they had the chance to be number 50 more right so yeah. it's it's sad in that sense yeah absolutely and what do you think about the women's only day you know we've seen it i've i've heard a lot of positive feedback about it at the 70.3 level um but what do you think about that sort of having two days before the men's race, having that women's race on the Thursday. I do love this. I think this is great. Um, I, we haven't even caught up, you know, to be like, did you watch the tour de France femmes? Right. So, I mean, I was all in on that. I think it's so great to have women's sports highlighted on their own without the men distracting things. Um, I've been a spectator in Kona more than I've been a participant and the women's race in Kona has always been affected by the men racing. They get in the way on the swim, they create draft zones that are unavoidable. They take a lot of resources. Even if you think about it on the run, like, you know, a lot of the women are racing with like trying to find the water cups that are still full. I mean, like small things that are actually big things. Right. So finally women can have a good fair race. And I think in that environment, a good fair race course is actually going to change the race dynamics for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I hadn't even really thought through the fair race course piece as well, but that's something that like on the back of the, the back of our 50 women Tacona campaign, there was also the campaign to try to have sort of a fair race start for the women where the age group men weren't catching them up for the pro women. I mean, and then where they, they weren't catching the pro men. Right. So that's. And if, yeah, five Q was a hard fight. That was a really hard fight too. <laughs> If we got an inch with the 50 women Dakota, we got like a half an inch, maybe with the, <laughs> asking yeah. for the fair race. <laughs> totally. And I, and I feel like the answer, the, the most common answer we got back from our man was around logistics. Yeah. Right? And so that's where like, kind of, I think my kind of like my biggest red flag is with this new Thursday is that, and the equal slots is that, you know, they're trying to find a way to logistically make equality possible. Like they're not leading with equality. Like we believe in this. And that's what we're doing. And we're going to figure out how to make it happen. Right. So like, well, yeah. they're just, it's the asterisks. I think that you mentioned before, but it feels like, I just, I really hope that this Thursday thing works. Right. Right. Because, <laughs> because it could be like just a great thing moving forward. But if it turns into a logistical nightmare, I just super hope that like the women don't end up suffering as a result, you know? I know, but I think, I think the community is going to be behind the women's only day and the community will kind of make sure, hopefully, I think, I think it's, it's the time for the women to, to get that spotlight too. So my fingers are crossed. I am optimistic, you know, about, about that, that that day. So yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll see. Cool. Your optimism's rubbing off on me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we do, like I mentioned, you know, we talked a bit before we started recording, like we have a lot of stories from that time, but what, what would be one special story that stands out for you? Yeah, I think Sarah, there's, there's a lot of good stories. And, um, I will say if anyone ever sees me in person and wants to buy me a beer and we can sit down and you can get the longer version of some of this, I'll be happy to give you some of those stories kind of in person. But, um, you know, I, I do want to not necessarily a story per se, but I have to mention, um, the late Kevin Young and you knew him very well. I, I didn't know him as well as you knew him, but I know for, for me. So Kevin was a huge supporter of the 51 Dakota movement from the beginning. He gave us so many resources to keep that momentum going at times. And, um, he was tragically killed while riding his bike in 2019. 
but we are so grateful for his legacy and his effort in this. And I know that, you know, it did start with me sitting on the couch and starting a Twitter handle, but it totally has shaped the woman I've become since and like Mm -hmm. my place in the world, to be quite honest. I know that sounds dramatic, but it really has. And I think without Kevin playing a huge part of that, you know, his belief and his willingness to put resources towards that, I'm not sure I would have felt like we had something worth fighting for. So Mm -hmm. I think it's taught me a lot. I'm really, really thankful. And I just hope that everyone also can, can remember Kevin and what he did Mm -hmm. for the women in our sport for this day. Yeah. I love that. I still remember Kevin out there, like the night before of the, the race <laughs> posting 50 women Dakota, like hashtag 50 women Dakota banners all around Kona and they, and Ironman, <laughs> there must've been Ironman staff up all night long trying to hunt down these banners. And then there was one that was on a privately owned restaurant that they, that Kevin had got permission and they couldn't take it down. Um, but otherwise the, all three of them disappeared, but I have still a photo from him kind of the night before the race of him having right on the pier, you know, where all the, it's all the sponsor banners. And then it's like 50 minutes to go now. So yes, we definitely remember Kevin fondly. Oh yeah. That was, that was a, I mean, looking back, it was a fun year, like the things we were doing, because I think we, we felt just like we could, you know, do anything and just try it right. To see what was going to stick and what was going to hold. And I, I wish some of that kind of felt like it was more of the catalyst for what we have here, but I, I don't think it was all for naught. So I looked back on that all fondly. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely not uh, all for naught. And I think, um, I think that your, you, your day realizing, and when you sat and made that Twitter handle that it wasn't fair has been really important to the future of the sport. So thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Have fun out there and cheer for those women on that Thursday. That's for sure. Yeah, we will. So Jordan, you knew Kevin Young too, right? Yeah, listening to that brought back so many memories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I really appreciate that Alyssa made those comments about Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kevin lived in San Francisco, uh, worked for Apple, and actually swam with our um, swim squad with Matt Dixon mm-hmm. of Purple Patch. So yeah, I swam with him twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no idea that he was this interested in 51 Kono until like, we connected via Alyssa. So even though Alyssa and I had been working along with you, right. it was Kevin reaching out to her. And I was like, wait, Kevin, we swim next to one another. Talk to me here. But he did. He jumped on board. And I think he was like, he spearheaded the, the, the official petition that we created. Yeah. Like you said, he brought resources um, in terms of like having those banners made like and being willing to like, um, put them up around town. Um, so yeah, it's uh, very fun memories of him. And so it's, uh, I appreciate Alyssa um, recalling him. He was a big triathlete too. He had finished an Ironman on every continent. I think that was oh, his I remember like, him camp- doing that. personal campaign. Yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah, I totally remember him doing that. I also remember, and I don't think it came up with Alyssa, like it did come up that he worked for Apple, but I remember when he first reached out to us and somehow, and then Sue Aquila, who was another one of the yes, sort of Sue. 12 of us in our group that yeah. were kind of working full speed ahead on, on trying to get equality for the pros. Um, he said, you should look him up on LinkedIn. Like this guy's legit. Oh you yeah. Know, like- he, he was a VP. Um, I think he was the pioneer of Apple support on Twitter, which mm. is kind of interesting in terms of like this all started <laughs> with a Twitter handle. Yeah. He actually created that Apple Twitter account. Right. Um, so yeah. It's, uh, kind of fitting in in some ways yeah yeah. Kevin definitely has a special place in our hearts for sure 
for sure. What else do you have on your list of thoughts? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Alyssa brought up so many she things. Did. I mean, the one thing that, I mean, she even said this, she's like, well, I kind of want to celebrate that women finally have their own day mm-hmm. and like the equal spots, but it, it, it doesn't come from a place of an active decision. It feels like the business got us here, not because it was the right thing to do. Right. And I think that's what gives a few of us pause. Yeah. That, okay, it finally works from an economic perspective. So sure, like, you guys can have a few more slots. Yeah, definitely. Like we heard how many different arguments from the point of view of, um, well, logistics, which is ultimately bottom line for the, biz- for the business that is Iron Man, um, about why we couldn't have equal space slots. On the the space on the pier is my <laughs> personal like favorite. Yeah, there weren't enough room for the bikes <laughs> in transition. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, and I, I do appreciate the effort. You know, I'm sure that there's been a lot of conversations over the last seven years since, since our hard push around um, around whether they can offer equal equal slots. And I think it was like, I think the idea was as well from the beginning that like we were pushing for equal slots for the pro women because we thought that was really important. But this move, um, this kind of like multiple year move by Ironman will also allow for the age groupers to have yeah, some and I, sense of equality. And it's funny, I think while they potentially, I don't want to put words in like Messick's mouth or any of the management, mm-hmm. but I think they feared that equaling things up for pro women was a slippery slope to equal equaling it up for the age group women and that would have really changed that economic model right yeah exactly and we were it was the same exactly it was that slippery slope that they were that I I mean I heard that too right and then but then again it was like down to like how are we going to do it logistically instead of being like actually the right thing to do is to give equal access to women because this is sport and that's the right thing to do so that's why we're all a little bit like okay this is great we love it i'm so excited to go out and cheer the women on their race and even more so for next year when literally a a race of two thousand people in an iron man that's just women sounds amazing to me like i can't wait to support that yeah it's a really good point yeah but Um, we're all just a little bit like (gasps) holding our breath because if it doesn't work like what happens yeah well the other thing too that Alyssa also uh referred to was opportunity is so important it's not just the opportunity to race it's the other opportunities that actually being here in Kona provides Mm. and so and candidly I'm here because I represent a few different brands Mm -hmm. within the endurance space Mm -hmm. and we're here because all the heads of marketing of all the key brands in the industry a lot of the decision makers are here in Kona Mm -hmm. they're looking to um meet with athletes they're looking to connect with other brands they're looking to like figure out what their investment should be mm-hmm. uh from marketing dollars for the, the next year and so if you aren't on the island mm-hmm. it's not that you can't develop a relationship but it's the one time of the year yes you get to like shake hands yes chink my ties whatever it is you do yes exactly like even for me as a as an athlete that wasn't like i was never a top tier kona athlete yeah. i think my best finish was 20th but like a lot of the sponsorship deals that I did have like later in my career I can go back to like the seeds were planted through relationships mostly through folks that I met here in Kona didn't the orca relationship come from Kona relationship yeah and we've been sponsored like Spicy has been sponsored by orca for four years now so even in now into like our media company as we've moved forward all of those relationships have have been yeah because everybody's here right and everybody's having my ties down at 
wherever, Lava Java. <laughs> so. They're all hanging out at the Thank God I'm Not Racing Park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to attend it this year. Oh, what day is it? Like, because what, thank God I'm not racing on Thursday or thank God I'm not racing. I understand it's still Friday. It's still Friday. Yeah. Okay. So now the women get to go to that party and the men won't be there. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's extra. We definitely got to get our way into the, yeah. Go say say her lows to Bob Babbitt. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Jordan, do you have any parting words? Just mahalo. Thank you for inviting me over Mm. here. And I will take my golf cart and head home. (laughs) (laughs) We have to get a video of Jordan on the golf course. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, thanks for watching our first episode or listening. If you're at home or on a bike ride or riding your bike, we will be back tomorrow, same time, for episode two of The Women of Kona. And that is brought to you by Car Sports. That's it. Try hard. USAT and the Outspoken Summit. And of course, it is produced by Feisty Media. Bye.